right. Every spring, the farmer planted flowers, and every summer, he grew fruits and vegetables. Every fall, he harvested bright orange pumpkins. And every day of every year, the farmer grew the tallest, widest, biggest crop of all, Christmas trees. The farmer and his wife began planting seedlings when their children were small, and each year the family grew, so did the little pine trees. The trees were quiet and the children were noisy, but the farmer's wife loved everything that grew on the farm. One chilly November day, finally all the trees were ready to sell off to the neighbors. People brought the fine-looking trees, which soon filled many homes with a fragrance of Christmas. But the farmer's wife couldn't bear to part with one remarkable tree. It stood very tall and perfectly straight. Its long branches danced in the wintry air. So the farmer's wife hung a tag on the pine tree. Not for sale. She added a shiny gold star on the top. Now the family could enjoy the tree day after day, year after year, Christmas after Christmas. The next holiday season brought more neighbors to the farm. The perfect tree was taller than ever. When the neighbors asked, ooh, how much for this beautiful tree, their farmer's wife just smiled and shook her head. Sorry, not for sale. One Christmas Eve, when the farmer's children were children no longer, a family of three drove up in a rusty old truck. Their clothes were patched, and their faces looked tired. They trudged up and down the row of trees that no one else wanted. The trees had missing branches and crooked trunks. Those trees were free. They were the only kind of Christmas tree the family could afford. The little child found her way to the tallest pine tree. She stood in front of it, looking up, up through the sweeping branches to the glistening star on the top. Oh my, she sang out, can we buy this one? Her parents were embarrassed. They knew they could never afford it. The farmer's family were also embarrassed. They knew it too. But the little girl didn't know the cost. She only knew it was the most wonderful pine tree in the world. Please was all she could say. The little girl was so poor, yet so full of hope. What could the farmer's wife say to her? What could she do? 
the farmer's wife took a deep breath. I'm sorry, she said, the tree is not for sale, but we'd like you to have it as a gift. The little girl's parents could not speak a word. What a kind and generous gift. The farmer's wife did not even know them. They were strangers. The farmer smiled to his wife. Well done, his smile seemed to say. The gift is good. As the farmer took his saw to the bottom of the trunk, the child could not keep her joy inside. She leaped up and down, hooray, hooray, the tree is ours. The farmer's wife watched her favorite pine tree as it fell to the snowy ground. Tears shone in her eyes. She brushed them away like snowflakes. Yes, it was a great sacrifice, but it brought even greater joy. Isn't that just like Christmas? The end. So afterwards, you guys can come back and help me decorate the tree, but it's going to be a little later, all right? Kayla and Amelia are going to dance for us. Good job, little girls. That was great. Oh. <laughs> I feel like I'm carrying my cross here or something. <laughs> well, uh, again, welcome. Gla glad to have you Christmas Eve. And uh, this is, uh, you know, the build-up to Advent, and then here we are, Christmas Eve. And of course, for those of you that aren't familiar with uh, Advent, we're talking about uh, the expectation or the arrival of Jesus. And uh, this is a two-part process because we're also expecting the return of Christ uh, again. And so we live, as it were, between the times. And so we've uh, titled, I've titled this message based on this devotional. If you haven't uh, got one of these already, they're free, they're out in the lobby. Please uh, take one as you go out. But the light that leads us home uh, is the, the name of the series. And I want to uh, conclude the series tonight uh, talking about uh, the light. Uh, you know, of all the different um, names that uh, God could have given Jesus, uh, you know, it could be Christ, the Messiah, uh, but Jesus uh, decided to call himself the light. And it, it's sort of a mysterious name. You know, here's Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. Uh, and yet the name uh, that Jesus uh, describes himself as uh, fits well with this in-between times. It's like he's the light of the world where in the Old Testament setting, it was a sense of there's been a lot of hardship, and hardship is often depicted as darkness or difficulty. 
And uh, then Jesus is anticipated as being the light of the world who's going to shine into the darkness. And by shining, he's talking about giving us hope, giving us light. But in a similar way, uh, many of you today might find yourself this Christmas Eve in a difficult place or a dark place uh, or a lonely place. Or, you know, you're going to be getting together with family and you're going to deal with family dynamics or people with, you know, problems, alcoholism and, or whatever else might, uh, you know, you have to deal with today. And Jesus is saying, I am the light. I, I, I will see you through. And there's a, a sense as well where we're looking for Jesus to uh, come again or for those of you that have lost somebody uh, near and dear, and, and uh, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of you in the audience tonight who have lost a family member, someone close. Uh, and again, Jesus is saying, I am the light. I, I will lead you in this life uh, towards the end. But it's not over at the end. Uh, there's a light afterwards. And there's a hope for that afterwards. And so Jesus is saying, I'm going to be uh, directing you, guiding you. I'll be with you. I will help you in your life right now until the end. And so that's the, the setting to which we, we come tonight as uh, Christmas, as Christmas uh, Eve. And you're, you're familiar with the Christmas story, but I want to emphasize how many times uh, you know, the Mary encounters an angel and it's bright. It, it's a light. And uh, the shepherds encounter a star and it's light. And uh, it's this light which is leading them and guiding them. And so Jesus, you know, embodies the sense where he's, he's the light. The wise men are following stars. They're coming to see Jesus. And Jesus saying, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Now, the funny thing about light is not everybody likes it. Uh, I, um, I'm a runner, and uh, I have one of these headlamps. Uh, and now in the darkness, like this morning, we were running, and uh, I wear this headlight, and it has a total mixed response. Uh, most of my running buddies hate it. But what I always find fascinating is they position themselves as we're running together where they see my light and they run and they can see where they're going. <laughs> and then they complain bitterly because, you know, the thing flashes and it's bright and, and whatever not. And you don't need that light and switch a light off. And lo and behold, when I do switch it off, it's like, we can't see a thing and there's potholes. But they want themselves buying themselves a light. It's just amazing to me, like, how they like to follow the light. They like to be in the light, but they won't always make the effort. To get light. Now, if you're not a runner and you, and you haven't yet got a Christmas present, this is a pretty good, good present. Andrew's saying, yeah, 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 but I don't like to run in the dark, so okay, okay, I'll let you off. But uh, in John, in the Gospel of John, as the Gospel unfolds, it says this in John 1.4, the Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. So Jesus is saying, look, uh, I have come to you. And if you're following along in the little fill in the blanks in your insert, God is saying, I've come to you. Uh, God has said, we, need, we needed help, and we still need help. We need God to direct us and guide us. But uh, God the Father was saying, I need to come to you. 
You don't need to necessarily figure out how to come to me. I need to come to you. So God the Father is saying, I'll take my, I'll give you my son. I will bring baby Jesus into the world. I will bring him to you. And he is going to be the light uh, in the whole world. But he's going to come uh, to you. And uh, what Jesus is asking us to do this Christmas and after Christmas is to follow his light. Uh, don't be distracted by following lesser lights or no light or other lights. Uh, you know, the question we need to ask ourselves is, what is it that we're following? Where are we getting our guidance? Uh, what is it that we, we're passionate about? Is it inspired or directed by Jesus? Is, it, is Jesus like shining the light on where you should go and how you should go about it? Or is, you, is your whole mindset just consumed by, you know, following a person or a career or, uh, you know, maybe it's a sporting interest and it's a disconnect with that and Christ. Now, you can be following a career and following a sport, but if that's where Christ is leading you and directing you, it's a whole different, different deal. And so Christ is encouraging us to follow him, uh, not just say, follow your boss, but to listen to what he's saying and, and go the way he's telling us to go. God's, uh, when he shines a light, uh, it's often a, a path which we wouldn't typically expect to take. It's not always just the obvious path, the bright path. Often it's, you know, weird turns and why would you ever do this to me, God? And, and, and why is this happening to me, God? And, and God leads us and loves us in this process uh, of our lives. But the second point I want to make here is the light of the world is here to shine. Uh, it's not like to be hidden away. It's really to, to shine. Now, going back uh, to the Old Testament, to Isaiah the prophet, uh, he says this. He says, you know, 600 years before Christ, he says, Nevertheless, this is Isaiah chapter 9, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Now, in that context, it was darkness and despair, you know, politically and economically. But uh, for you today, uh, your despair or your difficulty or your darkness uh, might be something totally different. But God is saying, uh, this despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled. But there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep, deep darkness, a light will shine. And then we see the fulfillment of this uh, prophecy in Matthew, the New Testament gospel, uh, the account of Jesus' birth. And in Matthew chapter 4, uh, verse 12, it says this. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth, then left there and moved to Capernaum, beside the Sea of Galilee, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled what God said, through the prophet Isaiah, you know, like 600 years earlier. And then it repeats 
uh, the exact uh, phraseology of how God is fulfilling that. Now, as I said, uh, Jesus, when he's becoming the light of the world, when we follow Jesus, uh, whether it be, you know, whatever your Christmas is going to unfold tomorrow, or this weekend is going to unfold, or whatever next year is going to unfold, uh, with Jesus, it's always a mystery, it's always exciting, it's always an adventure, and it's never predictable. Uh, you know, in this account, for instance, you would think when Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been arrested, that Jesus would have gone to John the Baptist and bailed him out. And yet what happens is Jesus like just doesn't do anything about that. He kind of loves John. He really respects John. And yet Jesus has a different plan. Uh, he didn't disrespect John. He, he knew that John would have a, a tough road ahead. But in the end, it was going to work out. And so when we think about Jesus, it's hard for us on Christmas to figure it all out or know exactly where this light is going to take us. But Jesus tells us that he is good, he loves us, he's for us, and he's going to direct us. He's got our best interest at heart. Maybe a, because we've got the kids here and I'm not a Sunday school teacher, but if you'd switch those lights off for me there, Henning, I'll show you how great my light is. Now you see, I got to. Don't you like that? How it shines in your eyes. Like, can you see how obnoxious this thing is? It's like, yeah, I don't want that light shining in my eyes. Yeah, <laughs> this thing. And then, not only that, there's like another light at the back. You see, but now if you switch these lights off, and uh, we'll, you know, like we'll focus this on the cross. Then you see, it's awesome. It's like you can follow me as I follow Christ. You know, we can we can see the way ahead, even if you're behind me. All right, that's enough show and tell. I, you know, it's about. <laughs> and now my light's not for sale. <laughs> but look at this verse where Jesus des describes himself as the light of the world. Uh, and we hear this verse and we think God is here for you, He's here for me, He's personal. Jesus says this I am the light of the world. But there's a big if that follows that and he says if you follow me you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life uh, you know remember in the olden days when you want to go on a road trip you'd go to like map quest you remember way back when when you used to do that and then you could like get two things you get like the map and they give you like the turn by turn directions i mean nobody uses that anymore because you all use your your cell phone with GPS. But, you know, in those olden days, you'd get the map and the GPS. And the nice thing about that was uh, the map, like, gave you the overall picture. You knew where you were going. And then you do the turn-by-turn, -turn and, and it would get you there. Well, today, we don't really care. We just plug in the end result, and, like, somehow or other, we'll get there. GPS will work, hopefully. Uh, and if it doesn't, oh, my gosh, then you're really stuck. But in a similar way, uh, God is saying this. I'm going to give you the turn-by-turn -turn directions. But what you're not going to get is like, how are we going to get there? So think of it like a field trip, like you're going to go a long car journey uh, for Christmas uh, and choose some part of the country you don't normally go to. If you normally go to Florida, then pretend you're going to like Texas. If that's too hard to stomach for you, then maybe Minnesota. But if Minnesota's too hard for you to stomach, Florida. 
but take a route that you're not familiar with. Uh, you know what the destination is. And God says this, I'm going to get you there. And all I'm going to do is give you the next direction. 495 south, three miles. Okay, you, where does that go? Okay, turn off, Mass Pike, go west. You know, for 600 miles, I don't know where you're going. Just go and you just follow that. You just, that's the way God directs us in this life. He gives us enough light, enough direction for the next step. He doesn't always give us the complete roadmap. And he can frustrate us. But it's the dependency that we have on God. God wants us to be dependent on him. And he wants to be the light. And he wants to guide us. So let me just uh, finish this off uh, by asking a question. Uh, what is blocking Jesus' light for you? Uh, what is it that is maybe hindering you from following Christ fully? Is it like you've pursued, you know, another light, a lesser light, maybe something that's still good and maybe it's still noble, but it's not fully God's light? Or have you just maybe you just grown weary in your journey of life and you've just like sort of fallen back or given up or, you know, you used to go to church, but, you know, church got a little bit offensive to you or whatever. And you just like didn't go. And then it was just you and the TV. And you said, you know, I'm a believer. I'll, you know, I'll just do good. Me and God and the TV. But you know what happens when the TV preacher like offends you, you just switch it off. But when you come to life church and I offend you like it's awkward, you have to stick around. But, you know, sometimes that's exactly what God wants you to, to hear. He wants you to hear something that you wouldn't ordinarily want to listen to. Uh, so I, I ask you, what is it that's blocking the light? What is it that's blocking your path? How are you preventing Christ from directing you? And if that's obvious to you, I just encourage you this Christmas to say, God, I want to reconnect with you. I, I, I want to let you guide me. I, I want you to be... Uh, in charge and in control. And God, I give you all my problems. I give you my obstacles. I give you my heartaches. I give you my, uh, my personal desires. I, I give them to you. But I ask you, God, love me and direct me and help me. And what God is saying, I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. Will you let me? And that's the, the, the gift that God has given us at Christmas. God gave us his son. And the best gift we can give God is return the favor and say, God, I give you my life. I will allow you to direct and guide me for the rest of my life. And we have this incredible hope with Christ where we're looking forward to his second return where God will make everything all right. It will work out well. Uh, and if we die before Christ returns, we know that we will be in a better place where the light is shining bright and everything is perfect. Now, that's easy to say, but it's wonderful when we can experience it. So uh, why don't I just pray a, a blessing on you uh, tonight. And we'll have the worship team coming up and we'll uh, do a couple of closing uh, carols. But Lord Jesus, I just pray that your light would shine brightly in each person's heart this Christmas. Lord, whatever it is that's blocking us, hearing you, seeing you, experiencing you, Lord, I just pray that you'd remove that. 
Lord, I just pray for a fresh outpouring of hope and of joy and of love and of peace on your people as they pursue you and try their best to follow you and to walk in your light. In your name, Jesus. Amen.